Hello and welcome to TOEFOP. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. And this is TOEFOP 2.0. Yeah, Series 2. Series 2. Season 2. New theme. Back and this time it's personal. <laughs> I'm not really sure what it is, but we've decided because we had a break yeah. that we would like start again. That's right. Like this is a new season. That's right. Yeah, give it a bit of like, you know, new sizzle. Yeah. New theme music. New theme music. Yeah. It's a bit like, did you ever freak out when Neighbours first changed their theme music? Because, you know, it was that really recognisable, Neighbours. Now, was it Barry Crocker? Yeah, yeah. I think it was He's Barry Crocker original, at the start, yeah. right? But then they sexed it up a bit. It's like, they just like threw in yeah. like a bit more guitar or something. And now it's just like a theme. They don't even have the lyrics. Is there no anymore. singing at the start of Neighbours now? I'm pretty sure there's not. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, it's just a theme. What? Yeah, no, That's bullshit. That's travesty. That is absolute bullshit. But they still wanted to sing along at the start of Neighbours. Well, that was back in the day when... I mean, there used to be a time, kids, when TV shows would write a theme song specific to the show. You wouldn't just grab, like, whatever hit song was out there. Well, I thought about it when, like, you know, uh, the dude who created uh, Gilligan's Island died recently. Oh, yeah, Schwartz. Yeah, and... Schwartz be with you. (laughs) What was his name? (laughs) I don't know. But he created Gilligan's Island. and Sherman Schwartz. Everything you needed to know... About Gilligan's Island, yeah, yeah, is contained in that opening yeah, theme. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Beverly Hillbillies is the same. Yeah, yeah, it's all there in the theme. Although Neighbours didn't really explain. Is it typical Daphne? No, <laughs> but it explained that everybody needed a good Neighbours. Yeah, so just a little understanding would help you make the perfect day. <laughs> and that was the premise for the show, Charlie. Yeah, I suppose. That, like, you know, that it was based around a group She's of neighbours. She's a small wonder. <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 remember that show? Yeah. yeah. She's Fresh- fantastic, made of plastic, but she's not a sex toy. <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. The entire premise of the show. Hey, that's one show that I, that missed me. Like, everyone our age talks about the Fresh Prince, like they know it and they love it. But yeah. how did I miss it? When was it actually on, like in the 90s? Were your parents racist? No. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. No, we, like, did, we, did. we are not watching any show that has aspirational black people in it. <laughs> well, was that burning crucifix in the front yard for about three years? But no, I think they're pretty not racist. I went on a um, one of those Hollywood star tours, you know, when they um, they put you in the back of the little van. Yeah, right. And you go around and watch uh, and see the stars' homes. So hang on, are, are they authorised? Like, do the stars give permission or they don't no. need to give permission? It's like... Yeah. I think it's just public where the, you find out where they live, right? And yeah. so I went on one of these things and, and basically what the show should be called is See the Stars' Security Fences <laughs> and See People Who Used to Be Stars' Homes. Yeah, right. Because the people who used to be stars are wrapped yeah. that you're going past their house. Yeah. Like they're stand- There's Richard Grieco out the front <laughs> with a big sign. Bob Barker from Wheel of Fortune is actually spinning a wheel yeah. in his front yard going, this is me, this is me. And the, the, there was these two women in front of us who were just not impressed yeah. by any of the stars' homes. They were not impressed by seeing Charlize Theron's security Oh, gate. so you saw like actual real like now stars, kind yeah. of current stars, yeah. Tom and Katie. We saw where Tom. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Tomcat. Was it like a compound of some kind? It totally. Underground was a bunker. Yeah. And like even. You just see Katie Holmes sprinting for the fence line and dogs chasing Well, her. even our driver was doing material. Oh, yeah, right. He said if you could drive past here at the right time of day, you can see Katie trying to crawl over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> I actually said that, which was brilliant. Um, 
And, and yeah, so like, you know, there was actually some proper Stars Homes and there was one strip in particular which was like old school Star Homes. Mm. It was like, uh, like they had um, Peter Falk's home and where Lucille Ball used to live and yeah, all these right. like really cool sort of like, and it was only a couple of days before Peter and Falk it, passed away. Were they know? like impressive big places like mansions or, you know, just like homes or is it a variety of the... They, they, no, they were just like, you know, a variety of homes. Yeah. Like I mean, the, all of them had security fences, though, and big gates? Or? No, like all the old school stars, they were just like proper houses. Yeah, right. You know, houses that you would just drive by. Yeah. But all sort of the modern stars had like, I mean, you know, like you saw most of Jennifer Aniston's house. Right. Like we went past Jennifer Aniston's house and I was like, wow. You, you just see... hear weeping <laughs> coming from the inside there, could you? I'm so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a new boyfriend. Oh, how long will that last? I know that you have this pathological <laughs> hatred of Jennifer Aniston. The but... new boyfriend that she stole off someone else. Yeah, so that's yeah. how good she is, Charlie. She can actually get someone else's boyfriend. Someone, <laughs> someone who already has a woman goes, well, I already have a woman, but I don't like her as much as I like Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, so we went on the tour and there was these two women in front of us who were just not impressed by any of these stars' homes. Mm. And I must admit that the guy who's driving the bus does a lot of yesterday we saw. Right. You know, so there's always a lot of, oh, yesterday, you know. Sylvester Stallone and Arnie were Having a fight on the front lawn. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome. Like, seriously, that would be the best star tour ever. You'll never believe who we saw punching on on the front lawn. Arnie and Sly. Yesterday, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren were fisting each other on the front lawn. So, admittedly, there was a bit of that. There was a bit of, you know, everything was cool five minutes before you guys arrived. Yeah. But none of it is here now. But they were not impressed by anything until we saw the mansion in which they filmed the Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh-huh. Which, I guess they didn't film it in there, but it was like the exterior, the exterior yeah, yeah. of the mansion. And then they were just like all over that. How old was this? this couple that weren't impressed? Did you uh, say they were old? No, 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 oh, no. no just, yeah. They were like uh, 20-something, okay. I'd say. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, how, why were you watching this couple to see that they weren't impressed? <laughs> like, were you turning around every time? Like, No, 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 they, they were in front of me. Yeah, right. So, like, where's, like you're, Back... sitting, you're sitting on a tiny minibus. Like, there's only about 20 of you in this open-top <laughs> minibus, right? <laughs> I you did this, and you yeah. jammed in to the minibus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, part of it for me, because I was with a friend who wanted to do it, which is obviously why okay. I did it, because part of the tour... It was a friend, Adam Richard? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> And part of um, the tour was pretty much just driving down the Sunset Strip going, um, that's the House of Blues, uh, that's the, the comedy store. So the stuff that you live around I'm the corner just from and That's my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I go for breakfast. Did they do the death stuff as well or is that a separate tour? Because they do do that, don't they? Yeah, like that's a separate River tour. River Phoenix is at the Viper Oh, room. they point that out as you go past the Viper Room. They go, Johnny Depp owns at River Phoenix died there. Like, that's yeah, your... Right. That's your Viper Room fact. That's where Jean-Claude Van Damme's career died. Yeah. <laughs> at the front of that studio. I had a friend who once, uh, we met these guys at Coachella, the music festival, and he was like a young like Hollywood actor who'd just done like, uh, you know, some walk-ons in Beverly Hills 90210 and stuff like that. And one night he took us on a, like a, a proper, you know, Hollywood tour and he really did take us by places and go, yeah, that's where Corey Haim... Uh, First sold, shot up. That's where he sold... No, sold his guitar to buy crack. <laughs> Allegedly? Uh, oh, he's dead no, now. No, no, the other... Dead people can't see you. Yeah, can't they? Can families? No. Can ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> 
I think you have just come up with our first Adam Sandler film yeah. of the new series, Ghost Lawyer. <laughs> Like, can you believe that trailer posted on the Facebook page for his new film, Jack and Jill? Is it based on the... I haven't actually seen it. Oh, is it based the on the children's story of Jack and Jill? No, no. Is it about two people who go up a hill to fetch a pile of water? No, it's Adam Sandler playing two twin roles. It's Adam Sandler in drag playing himself and his sister Jill. At last. But the thing is, like, when I saw the trailer, I was like, I can't fucking believe we haven't thought this up. Like, it's almost like Adam heard one of our podcasts. It's like, okay, fellas, you think you can outdo <laughs> you think me? You can come up with shitty Adam Sandler yeah. films. I see you and I raise you. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So That's run the- me through. What's the premise? Uh, the premise is that, you know, he's got the perfect life and then his klutzy, annoying, lisping twin sister turns up and Al Pacino turns up at one stage and falls in love with drag Adam Sandler. And like writes his number on a hot dog at the basketball or something. It's really diabolical. Like you would see it and and swear, you know those fake trailers they played at the start of Tropic Thunder. Yeah, you'd think it was one of those. Right. It's like you know the fatties. <laughs> like it's some guy. Adam Sandler tries to kill his career. That's what the film should be called. But then I did some research afterwards, and I went through the Happy Madison. Um, you know all the films that he's produced. Yeah. They've all made so much money. Even the kind of ones. That like grown ups, I didn't had grown ups made over two hundred and fifty million dollars worldwide. Yeah, he bought everyone in the cast Maseratis or something. But what? How, I mean, how is he? How does he do it? Like, is it just brand name? Like Adam Sandler had made a couple of really big films, and people. I mean, he hasn't made a, like a. A good film a good since film. Happy Gilmore. Since Happy Gilmore. <laughs> He's made wedding, what wedding singer? He has built an entire career on Happy Gilmore. I didn't mind. Uh, Wedding singer, the wedding singer. Yeah. Well, that's but when you're prefacing on. the sentence with "I didn't mind," <laughs> yeah, that's like of one of the biggest <laughs> of all the movie cancers stars I've had. <laughs> on the planet, <laughs> yeah. I didn't mind one of his movies. But th- my mind was blown by that. I had no idea. Like globally, like, even if his films make like fifty million in the states, then he goes overseas, and it must be one of those things where they dub it into German, and they're like, "Oh, he's so funny." But also the other thing about Adam Sandler, which uh, people forget, is that he just. They're all cheap as well. Yeah, right. Like none of the films They're cost not high anything. Concept or no, no. Like apart from the one where he had the remote control that sped up time, <laughs> where he farts in uh, David Hasselhoff's face. But do you reckon? I mean, do you think? Because the guy's obviously got talent. Yeah, I'm a, I and, I find him incredibly watchable. Yeah, and, and punch, that's what I think it is. And He's punch incredibly Drunk watchable. Live and Saturday Night Live and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But do you think he has is, is got a conscious thing of I just like to make money as well money I like making money more than I like you know what people think of me Oh no I just think he likes to only do one draft Yeah right Like I think he's a like a he's... I don't think he writes these films I reckon I reckon like fucking dudes are bringing the scripts to him Yeah but he does have a hand in like writing some of the stuff and 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 creating the stuff Well Rob Schneider needs to eat so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to write in a part about a a delivery guy or a, or a wacky priest or something. So he has to look at the script at least once. It's not like Sandler has to work. It would not surprise me if his entire career is predicated on Rob Schneider having to pay his mortgage. Well, that, you know what makes it... that that You're right. He doesn't have to work. It makes it even stranger when you think about that movie Funny People mm. in which he spoofs himself. Yeah. And you think, oh, well, he's really self-aware. But then, like, you know, the next few films he makes after Funny People are going back to the well. It's like, holy shit, man. Like, he obviously is aware of what he's doing. Yeah. And doesn't care. No. He, or he sobs, you know, sobs at night and wipes it up with $1,000 bills. <laughs> I mean, how much money can you make, though? Like, heaps. He never has to worry about anything. Anything. Again. 
I quite enjoyed the one where he, the racist one where he was the hairdresser. And every, uh, <laughs> you know what? I actually quite like that too. And uh, every, don't every, joke, every joke was about a hummus. Yeah. And, <laughs> this, and his huge cock. I actually didn't. Hang on, did we say that together? I'm not I'm sure. Gonna, but I, I, yeah, I, I actually didn't mind that one no. either. Like, I, look, I like Adam Sandler films. I'm just amazed. I like Adam Sandler films. I like Adam Sandler. And I would love to be in an Adam but Sandler you, film. But you do and you don't. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I like him despite the fact that he's awful. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is actually a much more honest way to like someone. Because it's easy to like someone where they're doing good things and they're fantastic. But if you like someone despite the fact that they are awful, then you really like them. Did I ever tell you, there was this, um, when I was living in Melbourne like five years ago on the Access Channel, Channel 31, there was this sketch comedy show, live sketch comedy show called uh, Someone Flowers, I don't know, it's something terrible like someone, the comeback special, Johnny Flowers comeback special or something like Mm. that. And it was live sketch comedy, Saturday Night Live style sketch comedy, but done on like, you know, cable access. So audience of maybe 10 people and not great props or costumes or stuff. Some pre-recorded segments as well. And it was so fucking bad. I loved it. Like, I literally, I caught maybe the first episode and then would rush home to see it to the point where I found out when they recorded and was trying to get tickets because I really (laughs) wanted to go. But it was kind of weird. I wanted to, I knew it was terrible. And I tried to show people, not in a kind of like smarmy, hipster, ironic way, but it's like, look, look at this. Someone is making this. Like, this is phenomenal, you know? Do you you get it? And no one (laughs) kind of got it. Like, no one one wanted to come see it with me. No one would sit down and watch an episode with me. But I became obsessed, and I think that's what I became obsessed with. It was like, this is terrible, but I love it. Like, I love that they were doing it, you know? I've got to keep watching it. Like, sometimes if you see something truly hideous, it can be entertaining. Like, you get to the point where it's... It's entertaining. Yeah, right? it's, it's, it sort of transcends, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, there's this sometimes things don't even get to that level, and that's when they're truly awful. Yeah. Like, I went and saw Green Lantern. All oh, right. Right? So I haven't seen that yet. And I'd, spoiler alert for anyone who's planning to go and see Green Lantern when it comes out in Australia, but here's your first sign that Green Lantern might not be the great, you know, Dark Knight-esque yeah, yeah. movie adaption. Yeah. Uh, that, look, it's fair to say the words gritty reboot, we're not uttered on set of Green right, Lantern. Right. Um, but secondly... What were the key words then? What was the byline that they sold it on if it wasn't Gritty Reboot? Uh, the producer's gone to Warner Brothers. They say, Green Lantern... Toys. <laughs> <laughs> we can sell heaps of toys. Because <laughs> they kept introducing characters that had nothing to do with the plot yeah. that were clearly just... Action figures. Action figures. Yeah. Action, the, okay. the characters would just walk out, turn in a 360-degree arc with a price tag next to them. Like yeah. It was like one of those things that you're like, why are all these Green Lanterns when they're having their... Okay, well, okay. Well, I'll run you through some of the, some of the problems with the Green Lantern. And again, yeah. spoiler alert, but it's not really going to... Uh, I think it's for if, if you want a sign that this movie didn't work, this is your sign. Ryan Reynolds is coming to Australia for the launch of Green Lantern. That's normally a sign that a movie is shithouse. Yeah. That it has bitten it in the arse, like in its own country. If the star comes out to Australia yeah. to go to the premiere, because yeah. otherwise Ryan Reynolds would just be like... In Hollywood, yeah, you know, rolling around in his Green Lantern money, snorting cocaine out of Scarlett Johansson's vagina. No, they're broken up. No, but I mean, point being, if it had been a big hit, maybe they would have got back together. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
you know. Nothing brings a couple together like a $90 million opening weekend. Exactly. <laughs> so, firstly, my first problem with the movie is Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is one of those guys, he's like the opposite. Punchable face. Totally punchable face, yeah. right? And his oh, yeah, eyebrows, because yeah, yeah. like it's like his face has all been sucked in at yeah. the top of his nose. But you know what I think that is? He's one of these fucking dudes who's been on those crazy Atkins diet. I mean, obviously he's got this phenomenal physique, but he obviously has not eaten a carb in God knows when. And his face is all—he looks like a skeleton. Everything's been sucked in. Like his entire—I know, but like his body has been drawn in. I've never heard somebody say, "I've got to cut out carbs." The middle of my eyebrows <laughs> above my nose are massive. <laughs> Like I've never seen, like I've never seen someone on the Biggest Loser, and they've got a giant fatty lump, and their eyes are on the side, each side of their head, going, "I've really got to lose some weight because I only have peripheral vision. <laughs> I can't see anything in front of me anymore. I've been an excellent inside ball player in the AFL, but other than that, I have no skills. Like a bird can only see on the side of their heads. Like it's honestly like I, I, I it's. You- and on a big screen too. On a big screen and you're wearing 3D glasses. Oh, right. And all you can look at is his eyes being too close together. Yeah. Now, I, I know that this, and like, I'm being a bit superficial, but he's a guy whose whole career is based on that he looks fantastic. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, yeah, a valid place to go. So that's the first thing. You can't stop looking at his eyebrows, right? Secondly, um, Blake Lively is the, the other character. Now, did you see those? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That like, was the best day of my life. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, She's oh pretty hot. my God. Yeah. I would never wear clothes if I looked like that. Mm. In fact, I would never wear clothes if I looked like Ryan Reynolds. In fact, if they'd really wanted to make money, they should have fucked off the idea that they were going to sell toys to kids and made the movie 18 plus and just had Ryan Reynolds. Fuck that gladly. Yeah, just yeah. have them the, the clothes off for an hour and a half in 3D. I'm not the Green Lantern, this is my Green Lude. Yeah, he could have like Green Lantern sex toys. That's what he could create. Power of a dildo and just like giant dildos and shit. And they could just like fuck each other. And they could then they could merchandise sex toys if they wanted. That could be what you could buy afterwards. You could buy Green Lantern sex toys to take home and they could just fuck each other on the screen. They are both stunningly beautiful people. Yeah, apart from the eyes. They are. Oh my God. The two most boring people on the planet. Yeah, right. I think she's quite good, though. Did you see The Town? I thought she was great in The Town. Yeah, really good. Yeah. She was not great in this. Well, no, here's the thing. She was great from day to day, clearly, when they were shooting (laughs) it. Yeah, right. (laughs) Like, there were days when you're like, oh, man, she can act. And other days where... But their level of phoning it in is nothing compared to... You know when you see a good actor in something like that? And you're like, yeah, the, the actor's clearly been bought in to yeah. give the thing it's a little like bit of credibility. It's like the entire cast of Con Air. It's like John Cusack, Steve Buscemi, John Malkovich. What the hell's going on here? Tim Robbins right. is in The Green Lantern. Like, to say that he phoned in his role is unfair to phones. Yeah. Like, seriously, he morse coded in his role. He tweeted in his role. There are, there are literal scenes where I would have, like, I would have preferred if after the credits... You know, in all the Marvel films, after the credits, there's, because they're going to make the Avengers movie, there's always been a scene with Samuel L. Jackson yeah. where they're like, you know, so he's doing the Nick Fury thing and they're, all, they're going to get together. Yeah, yeah and, little link. Yeah, scene. right, so you've got to stay until after the credits. I would have preferred in this film if the, after the credits there'd just been Tim Robbins 
standing in front of a really expensive house and car <laughs> and him going, this is what I bought. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this is, this is, see this? This is why I did this movie. Because yeah. there honestly are times where he walks through a scene like his agent is off screen with a bag full of money <laughs> yeah. jangling at him and that is the only thing that is getting him to move. It you is insane. Literally just turning the script in his hand just out of the camera, just below the camera shot. I think a lot of the time he's improvising dialogue. Yeah. To be honest with you. So like, the script is bad too then? Absolutely awful. Well, okay, here's a good sign. How many writers are you legally allowed to put on a movie? Because isn't there a limit that you're only allowed to put four or five or something yeah. like that? And then doesn't matter how many writers Actually have worked work on, on it, it. Yeah. that's like the limit you're allowed to put on it. Yeah. So if you see a movie and it comes up and it's reached that limit, yeah. <laughs> chances are. <laughs> chances are this is not going to, you're never going to hear and the Academy Award goes to. Yeah. Right? So. It had a, yeah, so it had five five writers, none of whom you've ever heard of for a start. Yeah. So, and then the whole premise of this, I mean, I know it's a comic book movie, but it's meant to make, like, I don't know if you remember The Greenland. Do you remember, did, were you a fan I, of The Greenland? I've, I've only educated myself recently. And there's a lot of, I mean, I know Hal Jordan's a kind of, you know, original, and then there's Guy Gardner and yeah. John Stewart, not The Daily Show, John Stewart, <laughs> although... That would be awesome if he would fly through space and just create a news desk and do sardonic comedy. <laughs> the, Daily La- the Daily Lantern. Because that did, does that happen with you occasionally, where you'll hear of, of someone else sharing a name with a celebrity and you get a bit confused? Like, there's that guy who works for Marvel Comics whose name is Ralph Macchio. Did you know that? Oh, for years, I thought it was the Karate <laughs> Me Kid. Me too. I assumed the Karate Kid had grown up, not been able to get any, like, and really like comics, and gone and worked for Marvel. And there's a guy who works for Kevin Smith called James Franco. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, is he hard up after 127 hours? I thought that film did quite well. There's a guy in Community, uh, which I think is a very funny show, called Danny Glover. Yeah. <laughs> a comedian called Danny Glover. And he's like a young, no, he's a black guy. he's Donald Glover. Oh, is he Donald Glover? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, right, you're right. That he is, he's Racist. Donald Glover. Damn, yeah, they all sound the same. <laughs> all black names sound, sound the exactly the same to me. Well, my brother's ex-boyfriend was black and his name was Don and my mum often called him Dan, so you're my mum. Oh, back to the earlier point, yes, my mother was racist. Yeah. Do you think that um, when your boyfriend was having sex with his, uh, a boy, his black boyfriend, yeah. he ever... Uttered the expression "Is Don is good," because <laughs> I would, I would, I'd find it hard when you were, if I was dating someone called Don. Yeah. If they put in something particularly good, like I would have wanted to say, "Is Don is good." Well, particularly is Don. What their main uh, stock is salami, yeah. <laughs> so, as he took his pants off, my brother Don. would just nod slowly and say, "Is Don is good." That is some excellent <laughs> process, mate. You're packing. <laughs> Don must have used that as a as a pickup line at some stage. Well, he was American, so I don't know if he was aware of uh, the Don uh, yeah, company right. in Australia. Oh. I'm assuming it's an Australian company. Yeah, ironically, being a black guy wouldn't have been Don Small Goods, if you know what I'm saying. Oh. Is that racist? Well, if it is racist, it's. I mean, I would love that stereotype about me. Like, if for some reason, you know, Irish Catholics had big digs, I'd yep. be like, yeah, I'm fucking totally. You can stereotype me all you like. Because that's an interesting area, I think, is that, like, if something is. A positive attribute. Yeah. Is it racist? Because you are still. Uh, you are. You're you are still subscribing that an entire race of people share an attribute. Well, I can't say if I was black if I would find it racist. Yeah. As if someone had that stereotype about me because of, you know, my background as whatever, Catholic, whatever, 
I wouldn't find it racist, but no, I can't comment for anyone you'd else. You'd be wrapped. I'd be pretty happy. You'd be wearing a cross well, considering, in public. You'd just be like, uh, hey, ladies. Considering uh, how many people hit me up on Facebook after that story came out about uh, penis size and finger length, the yeah. amount of people who listened to Tofop who, who decided to remind me about that article. Thanks, everyone. I got your messages. Yeah. That, that, it wasn't a comprehensive study. <laughs> Um, that, that was the one that said that if your uh, ring finger, your wedding ring finger, is longer, because it's not actually about your like your hand size. Uh, wasn't it? I didn't actually read the article because yeah. I didn't no. want to be disappointed. Yeah, exactly. You're going. <laughs> I need to find this, out what I'm inadequate. Yeah, you're 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 a young Jewish girl, and you're like, I'm not going to read the diary of Anne Frank. Yeah, I, I have a feeling of how this is going to end. <laughs> No matter how inspirational it's going to be on the journey, I have a feeling that this is not going to be a choose-your-own-adventure where yeah. I could come up with... And, and then Anne lived in the magic faraway tree with Moonface. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to end. It's not going to end well. Not going to end well. No, so you might still be fine. Because what the article said was that if your ring finger is longer than your index finger, Which your pointy is. finger, yeah. then that is what determines if somebody... Like has good yeah penis Penals. size. So if as long as your ring finger is longer than your index finger, yeah, you're okay, yeah. Well, I'm all good, motherfucker. Oh, hang on, yeah, that's right. I'm all <laughs> I good, motherfuckers. I love that you're you were also just like it was almost like you were looking at your own hand at, in an angle. Then what do you mean? <laughs> like you put like it was like you were like angling it down so that no matter what, it was always your, gonna look your, your wedding ring finger would be higher <laughs> than your index finger. Do you reckon there's going to be a rash of dudes getting cosmetic surgery, like a fingertip extension? Well, because I'm the same as you. Uh, my uh, pointer fingers, my index fingers, are like, yeah, high five. Yeah. High five with our, our big, big cock big hands. hands. <laughs> Will and I technically, well, not technically, but uh, metaphorically just slap dicks then. Exactly. But here's what I, like, you know, you were saying about would guys get their, like, you know, if that became a thing. Yeah. If everybody knew. If it was authentic, verified, 100% science. So that's what girls started to look for in bars. Yeah. Well, it's easier to get a little bit lopped off your pointy finger than it is to get a little bit lopped onto your cock. Yeah. Like if you had to go for surgery. Yeah, definitely. One of the two, right? Yeah. Um, you'd be willing to commit one crime in a Middle Eastern All- country. <laughs> Would you get would you get your finger lopped off or would you get an extension put on? Oh, right. So you get like a because one. Ah, look at him. He's, he's, he's clearly had a finger job. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that guy's had a finger job. Yeah. Um, well, I was thinking about this because one of my like um, pointy fingers yeah. is not natural. Because if you look at that, can you see the one on my right hand? Like how uh, it looks like. Right hand, yeah. Okay, so it looks like much more stubbly than a normal yeah, it's finger all, it's does. Got like a knobbly bit at the end. Yeah, that's because when I was playing like football, when I was growing up, I used to break my fingers quite a lot, yeah. and this one in particular, I, I broke a lot, and so now that like it's actually stunted its growth. You know what? That so I've artificially thrown out. You know bit, my my perspective. But, but you know what? You've also done perfectly. If you ever see the film Edward Penis Hands. <laughs> Which is a real porno. <laughs> yeah. and it's, and it's, you know, One of the great early uh, porn parodies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's a guy's penis for hands. Essentially, what you just showed me there. <laughs> I'm glad that you pointed that you out. You were saying it happened when you were a teenager. Yeah. I imagine like six months after the accident, you were very popular with the girls at your high school because what you've essentially got there is an organic French tickler. Yeah. Will has like lumps, like little bumps and lumps in his index finger. Ribbed for her pleasure. Exactly. Yeah. Because all you're doing in high school is fingering, so yeah. all of a sudden one girl would would have got like you know found out about that, and then the word spread pretty quick. I imagine yeah. <laughs> you're busy all lunchtimes, right? <laughs> I mean, seriously. 
Oh, in school fingering. That is one of the absolute. Well, I went to an all boys school, so. Oh, okay. Not, it was only not like so 90% of the school. <laughs> only the borders. Yeah. Only the borders. Um, yeah, so I have the artificially shortened finger. So, yeah. anyway, there you go. Um, well, but, Green so Latin, Green John Latin. Stewart. <laughs> So Hal Jordan, now again, spoiler alert, but for people who have followed Hal Jordan in the comic books, you will know that shit goes bad. Like eventually. Oh, what happens to him? He becomes Parallax or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he like kills, anyway. like this, Kills off of the part of the DC universe. Yeah. Becomes the biggest villain in DC. Exactly. For, was it Final Crisis? What's the? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's oh, we're right. Getting yeah. Yeah, we're getting nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> but now we're getting into uh, an area where people are going to correct us a lot. Yeah, right. But basically, um, yeah, so shit goes bad. So there could be a darkness at the heart of the character, right? You know, there could be this sort of, you know, foreboding that people kind of get that even though right now shit is going well, at some stage shit is going to get all fucked up. Yeah. So there could be that yeah, yeah. there. That's not there. Um, so It's a bit so – you're saying it's glossy. It's like – Oh, it's so glossy. Yeah, I mean it looks glossy even from the trailer and stuff. And the CGI like, is shit for like that sort oh, of thing. Man. If it looked really cool, you know, then – anyway. Um, so uh, – but even like even in the Hell Jordan sort of yeah the the, the mythology of that because I really liked Greenland, he was always a bit like the greatest American hero yeah like that he had this ring that had all these amazing powers yeah but he didn't quite know no. how to like use it because to use it isn't it for people who don't know uh, his ring what he creates with his ring he can create any solid object yeah. But th- that he can think will, of. Using willpower. Yeah. That's the whole power of the Green Lantern. That's willpower. about the only good thing about the movie is quite often the big booming voice, which is Jeffrey Rush, um, like he's kind of the narrator or the, like, yeah, you know, right. whatever. Um, Tom Array. Yeah, says a lot of things about, um, that have the name Will in it that sound really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I'm like, Will is the only way that we can yeah. do this stuff. <laughs> That's Will great. is the greatest power in the universe. You know what is better than strength and body strength? Will. That's awesome, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I went, I could have that as a ringtone. Yeah, totally. If I'm ever feeling bad That's about awesome. myself and I need some Anthony Robbins-esque motivation tape, I can just cut up shit from the Green Lantern and Jeffrey Rush will be giving me all the motivation I need. At the very least, you can name your next comedy festival show Willpower. Have yeah. you, you already done that? No, I haven't done Willpower yet. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. And not you could actually get, dress yourself up like the Green Lantern for the poster. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. It'd be you with the little domino mask. Well, it's not a domino mask. It's like a Zorro mask in the Green Lantern outfit and you're doing a ring and the ring is creating the title of your show, Willpower. I, I dare you. We should make a bet that if you lose, that has to be your poster. Your poster and your outfit for next year's Comedy Festival. What can we bet on that you've got a 50-50 chance of losing? Something that I need to win because that is never (laughs) going to happen. Come on, please. There's got to be something. But, you know, there can be be a failure for me as well. Yeah, but, like, you don't have far to fall. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) And I would dress up like the Green Lantern and put myself on a poster. You'd be happy for the work. (laughs) But, um... So, uh... So that is kind of the cool thing. So it's all about will. He can create any object out of his own will, yeah. right? So, but in the comic books, there was an element of he didn't really understand how that worked. So, you know, there was a bit of like, you know, how, how do I best do this? So, like Which what? added a sort of like danger to any situation. Because that maybe he might things not wouldn't work the right out. Thing. Yeah, right. But in the movie, he just gets the ring and can kind of use it straight away. Straight away. Yeah. 
So if a guy has a ring that can create anything that he imagines, shit's going to be fine. Yeah. Like there's no, like I, you know. But isn't it about like. I mean, I understand when I watch Batman, that Batman's not going to die a third of the way through. Yeah, yeah. But you always at least hope that you might feel that he might. So what's the, all right, but the, the, the whole thing about it being willpower, isn't yeah. it about um, he could get into situations where he's in danger or fearing for his life yeah. and he won't be quick enough thinking to create the shield or the baseball bat or whatever it is he needs to create. That's right, right yeah. Thus, like, you know, maybe he doesn't quite know how to manage it so yet. They not, yeah, so they don't once in the film have him create the wrong thing. No. Not once. Not once. See, that's bizarre because every superhero film has that sequence where the hero learns to use his powers and like, you know, in the Spider-Man movie where he's going to do the rooftop jump or, oh no, he's you know just yeah. You know how they do a, a montage normally for 45 seconds, which is that whole, yeah. right. They, they do that in this film for 45 seconds, but it's not a montage. <laughs> like the character shift really happens that quickly from him sort of. What do you mean? It wasn't a montage. Like No. Like he basically just gets the ring, can't use it for like forty five seconds, and then goes, Oh, like this. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially can't do it for forty five seconds, turns the ring around. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, like, oh now. yeah, had it on snooze. <laughs> you have to charge the ring. That's one of the other, you know, big things that you always so if you'd been using the ring a lot yeah. and then couldn't get near the charger. Like hadn't work. brought his charger with him. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, he's in a foreign hotel. He's yeah. like, "Everyone got a charger." Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, then driving in his car, he's got little like yeah. a, a coily one that he yeah. plugs into his cigarette cigarette lighter. lighter. But <laughs> but the problem is that on the way, because he didn't know where he was going for this particular thing, he had to use the GPS, and it also works off the cigarette lighter, <laughs> so he couldn't charge his battery because <laughs> he was using the GPS. So he's fucked. Yeah, he's fucked. It's really hard. When you're driving around the galaxy, well, he's created himself a fucking uh, uh, a mini a mini Cooper, yeah, just to drive from Oa to Earth. And he's got his ring plugged into the cigarette lighter. He's got his GPS until the fucking the fish alien just says to him, "Dude, you're the Green Lantern. You can just fly home. You don't actually need to." It's like, oh. Yeah, that's a good point. And the fish alien's like, "Hey, do you notice I have an action figure available in the foyer?" Um, so there's kind of, I mean, it's vague that it, that happens vaguely. Yeah. Right, you know, but so nowhere near enough. In fact, the only good part of the film, you know, you mentioned his tiny little mask before, that appears in situations where he doesn't need to be rec- when he needs not to be recognised. Right. Just magically appears. But are they serious in that they think that no one will be able to recognise him if he wears that mask? This is the one good part, bit of the film. Okay. There is a, because him and Blake Lively's character, like, are both, you know, jet fighter pilots together. Yeah. You know, because that's what sexy. <laughs> people do is sexy people who get everything given to them and never really have to work they go and study and and join like one of the most prestigious like air force divisions in the world yeah because that's what good looking people do they don't just get paid to be actors or models and you know what like i mean for people like have not seen the film he's essentially he's maverick in top gun for the first the first 10 minutes is him being maverick in top gun right so he's like you know he's father issues yeah Total father. Yeah, yeah, of course. There's always the hero has to be because his dad was an amazing uh, jet pilot as well. You see, yeah, yeah, had to live up to that. And um, so then, in the first thing, they're developing this like you know um, missile technology that like is for unmanned, you know, drones or something. Yeah, drones, right? Yeah. And so this is the first time where it's going up against the best pilots in the game, right? And so it's him and her. (laughs) 
of course. <laughs> and they like, you know, essentially do this like, you know, air ballet, but like, he like he's the guy who doesn't play by the rules, yeah, and that's how he beats the machines. But he sacrifices her. Kobayashi like, Maru. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, that's that's their relationship, and they've yeah. known each other forever, right? Yeah. And so, through pretty much nothing other than him being the Green Lantern, they get to Pash. Right, right. So she doesn't actually like him. Well, I mean, it's like one of those things that even from the start, there's one scene which is meant to be clearly the scene where they transition from. Um, you know, her not liking him. To liking him. To him liking him. Yeah. You know, like in Batman, there's that moment where, like, uh, Batman's like, um, he says the same thing as he said when he was, which she'd said to him when he was Bruce. It's it's not... Oh, uh, yeah, you mean Batman Returns? Is that the, yeah, the, mistle, the mistletoe when they're, Catwoman and Batman are fighting? Oh, no, no, I don't mean that uh, Batman. I mean the new one. The, oh, right. the, in, um, Katie uh, Holmes. And yeah, Katie Holmes. And, and the, the line is, uh, it's the, not what you... Uh, it's not what you do. It's no. It's it's not what you are inside. It's what you do Dude, that the defines de- you. Defines you. Yeah. And so she says, says that to him. And then on the Bruce building. No, and then it's like, yeah, it's not who you are. It's what you do that defines you. you. <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> Swear to me. And she's like, Bruce. So that's cool, right? That's a cool moment. Or the moment where in Spider Man, where like they kiss upside down, and she yeah. recognizes that. But the, the worst, kiss. the worst one of those. I talked about this with Hamo on his podcast was um, Batman Returns, a Tim Burton one, where Batman and Catwoman are fighting. They don't know each other's true identities. And um, they're fighting on this rooftop and it's Christmas time in Gotham and she pins him very sexually and she's straddling him. And then um, he looks over and sees Mistletoe. And for some reason, he's fighting, by the way. He says, Mistletoe could be deadly if you eat it. And she says, a kiss could be deadlier if you mean it. And there's this sexual tension and they fight. Anyway, later on in the film... Anybody want a penis? (laughs) Later on in the film, they're at the ball as Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle and they're dancing and they're sort of troubled by, you know, this burden of, you know, dealing with all their problems. And they see Mistletoe and they repeat the same sentence again and then they realise that's Batman and Catwoman. And it is the worst bit of non, like, non-relevant dialogue ever in the world. But obviously the, the writer's like, fuck, we need a scene yeah. where they realise who each other are. So what's the most, like... It needed to be something distinct that people would remember. Yeah, and it's the worst fucking bit of dialogue ever in film. It makes no because it, it makes no sense. It wasn't meant to be it, there other than for that very reason. Yeah, like it's it's bizarre. Like a mistletoe is deadly if you eat it. Yeah, why are you eating mistletoe? Who who has ever eaten mistletoe? And actually, is it deadly? It's it, you really jam that in because like lots of things are deadly if you eat them. Mm. She could have been like. Uh, that's that's a golf set. Well, well, a golf set is deadly if you eat it. You and I are at a, are at a party, yeah. and it's a Christmas party, and you see mistletoe hanging by the door. Yeah. What's the first observation you make about it to me? Say, so, a mistletoe? Well, you better not stand under that, or you'll have to kiss someone else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who has ever seen mistletoe and gone, uh, well, mistletoe could be deadly if you eat it? Well, you know, I saw an episode of MasterChef. They <laughs> had a mystery box. They had mistletoe, and someone ate it, and they died. So... Interesting fact. Uh, Is mistletoe much like one of those Japanese puffer fish that you have to like cut it in the the, the perfect way when you serve it? Well, should I should I Google it? Because is mistletoe is is mistletoe poisonous? Yeah, definitely. No, type type the exact sentence. (laughs) Is mistletoe deadly if you eat it? And then followed up with, but a kiss could be deadly if you mean it. (laughs) Anybody want to paint it? (laughs) What does that even mean? A kiss could be deadlier. If you mean it. So mistletoe you kiss under, right? Yeah. So what she's saying is um, 
Because they're having this sexual tension. Yes. So what she's saying is, you know what, death is one thing, but having your heart broken is worse. Oh, right. Okay. It's beautiful and poetic. Charlie, I've given you a distinction for your <laughs> essay on uh, juxtaposing love and Batman Returns. <laughs> is mistletoe deadly? Is it mistletoe spelt like M-I-S-T-L-E-T-O-E, like toe? Yes, I think so. Is mistletoe deadly? Yeah. It's not coming up under the frequent searches in Google. So <laughs> we're already up to a bad start. Uh, is mistletoe deadly? Well, uh, I can't find any references, but there's about six people have like taken this on YouTube, that exact quote. Is mistletoe poisonous by Medicine and Health New York Times? Mistletoe is not deadly, but it can be hazardous, so don't eat it. <laughs> Batman returns. Batman yeah. sees mistletoe and says... Mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. Catwoman says, mistletoe, uh, a kiss can be deadly if you mean it. And then a doctor walks in and says, mistletoe is not deadly, but can be hazardous, so don't eat it. <laughs> it would just be great if she came back with that fact. Like, so, it's like, <laughs> mistletoe can be deadly. I don't know why I'm doing the new Batman voice, yeah. but mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. And she's like, be deadly if no, you mean it. No, she, no, she doesn't even right. go with that. He's right. like, mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. And she's gone, no, actually, that is a common misnomer. <laughs> sure. It can be hazardous. It's hazardous to your health. So don't eat it. So don't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely shouldn't eat it. <laughs> but... Uh, that's brilliant. That, yeah, that is a quote that has always bothered me. Always bothered me. How do we get onto that? Uh, because there's one good scene in the Green oh, Lantern. Yeah. And so for anyone who was thinking of whether they should go and see the Green Lantern, there is one good scene in the film, and this is it. Um, there, he, When he first appears to her as the Green Lantern, she says to him, how? And he's like, you know what's me? And she's like, I've known you since you're six, you're six years old. We've seen each other naked. Did you think a tiny little mask was <laughs> So there is like one moment where yeah, you're like, good. yeah. Right, okay, cool. Because, yeah, That's I, never, it, though. I never understood. And 3D didn't help that. But in the comic books, do you know, is that mask meant to disguise him or is it just part of his uniform? You know what? I can't remember that. If it just appears or does Like, because in the movie, it just appears. Yeah, yeah. As like, you know. Like, but I guess like, Back in the comic book, it had like a strap, <laughs> like a bit of elastic. I assume it was like goggles, like swimming goggles. You know the one, and he had like a little thing that he pulled back. I, the one thing we, I don't know if we've addressed this on the podcast before, but something that really bothers me about all season two, Charlie, everything is new. <laughs> all right, great. Uh, the superhero movie where the guys are wearing the face mask, like Batman or whatever, and when you see it, they obviously got like eyeliner on. They're putting like eyeliner on before they put the mask on to complete the illusion of just like the, the eyes being visible, right? I hear what you're saying. Because you then, can't get a mask to perfectly fit the eyes. Fit your eyes. But in every superhero film that they, yeah. they do that, they don't do it realistically because you'll see, you know, Batman there and then he takes his cowl off and his eyes are clear. <laughs> he, should, he should just have <laughs> big panda, panda eyes. eyes. The only film... Should, Batman should look like a woman who's been crying with mascara yeah, yeah. on. He, t- he takes off his cowl and it's Robert Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Underneath. Batman's a god? <laughs> of course, man. Yeah. I'm oh. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always hanging out at night. Why don't you tell your friends about me? Yeah. I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. God, no. But one film did actually address it, which was Kick-Ass. Have you seen yes. that? And they actually have him painting of his face. I was like, 
Brilliant. That's awesome. Yeah. It's not as intimidating when you're Batman and you're getting mascara out or like eyeliner. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. it's like, um, are you in Silverchair? Like, what's going on? I wonder, though, if the special effects guys or the wardrobe designers did try and build a mask that was completely <laughs> encompassing and it was just too painful because it was pinched like tightly around the eyeball. Well, that's the thing. It would be totally impractical. Like, this mask, your Green Lantern mask, uh, is great because it just appears when you need it. Yeah, that's all. C- it's a CGI mask. Yeah. yeah. Like the outfit. Yeah. The outfit's just like, you know, just, you don't have to zip it up. Does the outfit look dumb in Green Lantern? Oh, no, no. The outfit looks all right, I think. Like, I mean, because CGI actually helps with an outfit. Like, they look dumb, I think, in real life. You know, sometimes when you see Batman, it, it looks a lot like... Photographed in, like, daylight. When you see, like, you know, sneak behind the scenes photos. Totally. And it's it like looks like when, it's looks like when you see police, yeah. you know, and their pants don't fit. Yeah. You know, they just, like, they don't go all the way to their boot. Yeah. And, like, that's what Batman... Yeah, Speaking of like, which, did you have you seen the, the teaser that's gone online for Batman 3? Did I you, did. The, the bootleg? I did, Charlie. I loved it. Pretty fucking good, wasn't it? I, I, loved I mean, it. that was shaky. That was I, like loved watching... it. I loved it so much that when I ejaculated, <laughs> my semen went into that bat. <laughs> All over your boyfriend's face. Uh, and then I said, <laughs> so, Where is he? There's someone I am inside. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, it looked pretty fucking kick-ass, man. Like that, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if you saw the same fucking bootleg I saw, but it's like fairly shaky. Yeah. But you see the very last shot is That's like what fucking Christopher- Bane ambling towards yeah. Batman and he's doing a bit of an Ali shuffle or something. It's like, oh, fuck, I want to see this. Essentially, um, if people haven't seen it, it looks like, and this is the new thing that Christopher Nolan's doing. A lot of people, are like, <laughs> they don't know this. But I, I have some inside Hollywood insiders who've worded me up on this. Because um, the last one, because, you know, 3D's so big now yeah. and, like, you know, it was in IMAX and, like, they pressured him to do this movie in 3D. What people don't understand is he's, he's gone the opposite way. He's shooting it all handheld, yeah. <laughs> like Blair Witch style. Yeah. So the entire movie, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, is as if it's shot by people on handy cams and <laughs> Ca- Yeah, camera phones. <laughs> yeah. And then like months after it was released, these were the only films that were, <laughs> they were put together. Do you know what? That's fucking very meta. <laughs> that is very fucking meta. If yeah. you released a film that was just like uh, the, 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 the premise was that a bunch of kids disappeared and all that was left was their mobile phones. Yeah. And each part of their mobile, on their mobile phone was a section of a film that they were filming that made that part of the storyline. That would be that's meta. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm, that's taking. I'm taking shit to different levels. <laughs> that's what I'm doing, Charlie. Pitch that next time you go back to Hollywood. I've got my twins with people that are actually twins, and I've I've got this idea now. I'm like I'm I'm some some sort of fucking quirky, you know. That's what some people, some of the tofop tofoppers, teabaggers pointed out when I posted the Jack and Jill Adam Sandler, you know, the, the, that trailer. Is it's like it's just like Will's idea. Oh he walked God. into an office and said, "Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, twins." <laughs> I think there is a chance that Adam Sandler is listening to this podcast for ideas. You think? Yeah, possibly. Would that mean we we need a cut? Isn't everything we talk about copyright? I hope so. It's funny. Um, Although he doesn't seem to be beyond stealing an idea for a film, <laughs> does he? I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, strange bedfellows. Yeah, that. But stealing. Strange, that concept. Stealing the idea of strange bedfellows to make I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Um, that is, like, is that is like robbing, robbing, robbing a pay. bank that doesn't have much money in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
It's exactly. That's perfect. If you go to Rob Place. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a bunch of really good Australian films that have been made in the past 10 years. Yeah. He essentially took money out of his mum's purse. <laughs> That's what he did. That is like, I mean, at least steal something decent. <laughs> It's like it's like breaking into La Louvre and stealing like like a three D magic eye. Oh, a program, yeah. <laughs> a gift shop. Got a box of programs. So it's it's handy that the costume just comes on. I think I think that's actually that's a great way to get dressed. Yeah, it's what well, because I've been reading recently the uh, Brian Michael Bendis run on Spider Man, uh, so the comic book, and uh, it's he's been doing it actually for a really long time. Um, but I don't like to read, like, like I don't like to watch television week to week now. Mm. The idea of reading fucking eight pages of a comic book yeah. and then having to wait a fucking month yeah. for another eight pages In to the come days out? of the internet, that seems barbaric. Seriously, are we on fucking comic book rations? Yeah. Like, this is not a time of war or no, Great yeah. Depression. <laughs> so I like to wait until things are... So he's like um, 16 trade paperbacks into this run. And... He's a great writer and I really like his stuff. And uh, so I just started reading it from the start. And he deals a lot with like the real just mechanics of it, which I really love, which is that idea that like Spider-Man like is constantly getting his uniform ripped. Yeah. And yeah. he's like a 16-year-old kid yeah. who doesn't have much of a wage. Yeah. And that being Spider-Man is really fucking expensive. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so like there are times, like there's one where like um, MJ is like has made him like a Spider-Man, but it's too big. <laughs> And then so like he wears the, the, the top of it, which is this really big and like casual slacks. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> which I think is like, that's what I want from my comic yeah. book. Yeah. So in the comic book though, was Green Lantern's uh, costume like ring made or was it like tights? You know what? I can't remember. Like it, but I can't imagine that it was ring made because... It looked like material and it would get ripped in fights and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And also I just don't think that was a world that like people imagined back then. Yeah. It was like, you know, it was like comic books. This might seem like a really weird thing to say about a guy who dresses like a bat and fights people at night. <laughs> but like because they would deal with one thing that was like a big offer, you know, that costume people were fighting crime in the city or a guy could get bitten by a spider and become a crime fighter or whatever. It, it was almost like they had to keep everything else realistic. Yeah. Like everything else had to make sense. Yeah. And uh, so the world had to be normal, even though the power was extraordinary. Yeah. And so I don't think they would have imagined it back then that he just like had a put ring it on. That could put his clothes on. I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe it came from willpower. Maybe that was the first thing that he. Well, I, yeah. but because then when he like lost his willpower, I mean, he'd be like, naked as well. It, which... seem, it seems like a, a kind of a story device that CGI would have influenced. If you know what I mean, like like you're saying back 20 years ago when you're drawing or writing. Green Latin comics, you probably couldn't conceive of things like morphing, you know, like, especially if it was meant to be like a science-based ring because putting clothes on, I don't know, because he wears like, it's like an energy suit or something, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. So essentially he's naked it's under It's form-fitting though. He looks like a, but, you know what he looks like? He looks like a um, but is he wearing, Olympic tobogganist. Is he wearing clothes underneath it? Like if he's walking down the street in a suit and he goes like, flame on, or what does he say? GL, forever. <laughs> 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 what does he say? I don't know if he does say anything. I can't uh, remember. In brightest day and blackest night. Oh yeah, he has these big yeah the big brightest green, name, the green night. the green lantern nose. Go, you do it. I'll put a beat behind it. Go. I don't know it. 
in brightest day, in blackest night. Yeah, we can um, look it up and I'll yeah, we can do it. Uh, okay. It's long. It's quite a long poem. All right. All right. Green, Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? I think that's in there. Green land yep. to an oath. Mistletoe is deadly if you eat it. <laughs> a kiss can be deadlier if you mean it. Anybody got a peanut? I think that's in there. Here we go. All right, so you're going to read this and I'll yep. put a beat behind right, it? Fantastic, yep. I'll try to do it in my best. Hang on, it says, this is, looks like it's the Greenland's blog. This looks like Greenland got a blog. Oh, you know what? I love the idea that he's like, create a Tumblr page. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there it is in, in the bold print. Okay, brilliant. Ready, ready? Yep. Chicka, 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 chicka. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power green lantern's light will smith should have played john stewart in the green lantern and that could have been the song he did at the end miscast totally you can download that song on itunes <laughs> that can be your ringtone <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of ringtones, a couple of things. I know we've been a bit all over the place in this uh, first up uh, podcast of well, our new series. It's been a long time, though. We're just getting our, getting our legs back. But um, uh, I think something that we need to address <laughs> is uh, the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> the Black Eyed Peas, who uh, we talked about before on this show, and, and I put forward the theory that every time they try less, they get more successful. Yeah. Well, they're finally taking that... <laughs> To like the nth degree, they have announced they're going on. They're not breaking up. Hiatus. They're going on an indefinite break. So that's clearly that, that, that that's that, officially like that's the only way they could try less than what they're yeah. already trying. So guaranteed, they're gonna have a number one album by next week. Five. Yeah. I imagine <laughs> everything they've like the number one through five albums will be everything they've released. <laughs> I mean. That's right. They're going to be crowned like kings and queens of the world. It is like honestly one of those things where they're like, oh yeah, we're going on an indefinite break. From what? <laughs> like seriously? Dude, they're tapped creatively. Yeah. There's only so many vowels you can put in an order. There's only so many ringtones <laughs> that you can come up with in a year. It's like, I mean, Will I Am, okay. He's like, you know, the creative force and he's a record producer and that sort of thing. But... What the fuck is, like, is there going to be any change in Taboo's life? Like, Taboo does nothing now. Yeah. Right? How does he know that they're on indefinite break from doing nothing? But I wonder about, like, bands like, like, The Prodigy are the same. Like, yeah. that Keith Flint was their lead yeah. singer, right? Yeah. Essentially, but, he was a backup dancer who got given, like, hey, spit some lyrics out and jump around on stage. Yeah, because Liam Howlett, who's like the, the DJ, and he's the, wrote all the songs and, mm. and like yeah, came up with all the music. Working on this tune, man. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's the creative force, yeah. like, you know, uh, behind it. And all the rest of them were kind of just, you know, vocalists and dancers. Yeah. So when, it's always made me wonder, like with the Black Eyed Peas with Prodigy, surely their contracts aren't split 44, uh, like 2020, 2020. No. I mean, 520s. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> if you're five, well, no, not even five, like four, yeah. four 25s. And 20 for the manager. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Greedy cat. Um, He's but doing that, more but those, work than Applebee app is. Like, but those, like, when, at what point, because I imagine the way, like, the Black Eyed Peas started when they were a threesome yeah. or a three piece, whatever the fuck you call it, 
what, what the I fuck reckon they it's are. Threesome. I reckon but it's But you got one guy, it's like, hey, I'm going to write the music and the majority, majority of the lyrics and stuff. Mm-hmm. You guys, you know, you can say some of the lyrics and just look cool and dance and shit yeah. like that. When it's that, you know, they start off as teenagers doing that, they start getting some gigs, now it starts becoming serious business and they're having to sign record contracts. Do they say, well, look, we all started together and we're going to go like 30, 30, 30, or, Tim the manager, or do they say, well, look, dude, this really, we wouldn't have an act if it wasn't for you, so why don't you take like 60% and we'll take less? Yeah, that's how it works. That's how it works? Yeah. You don't think that... I don't think that, like, I mean, I think that the other two in Silverchair were happy to be there. But they, so were, te- they were teenagers getting... who would have been smoking fucking point... apple bongs behind the fucking network. All right, but they're, but they're a good Newcastle. example. So when they did their first record deal, though, but did they? Did, was it just acknowledge that Daniel Johns was the creative genius? Like, I think if you, I think um, if you write songs, there's a, a, like a actual legal thing right. that has to do with like yeah, the money. So they get paid more. The if money you write in the music song. is the people who write the songs. But wasn't that thing with Guns and Roses? So, like you know that like you know. Axel. Like, Axel made most of the money. Slash made some money. Yeah, and then everyone else. Well, was happy for hair product. Heroin. Heroin yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and hair product. Yeah. I guess so. It just makes me wonder because, like, you know, if you look at Garbage, for instance, you could argue that the four guy, the three guys in Garbage were yeah. all really successful producers in their own right. Yeah. You know, Shelley Manson was just like a jobbing singer. Then she comes in the band and makes them the biggest band in the world. Now, does she deserve less? Because if Garbage didn't have Shelley Manson... Oh, yeah, but I imagine she probably got a bigger cut of their, like, you know, live, live touring money and stuff like that. Like there'd be some way of working that out for sure. Yeah. So what did? Um... But there, but there is also a point with bands where, you know, it gets that point where they're like, yeah, well, we reckon we can do this with some other lead singer. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say, what did John Stevens get <laughs> offered when he joined in excess? They're like, well, we've got a tennis ball. My dog's been chewing it, and uh, you can take that umbrella out there. Yeah. I think it's missing a spoke. <laughs> And you know what? And he was grateful. John Stevens rocked back to his house. Guys, A, we can play tennis now. <laughs> B, if it rains. If it rains. We're 90% waterproof. If we ever want to play tennis in the rain with we one are. of us not getting wet. <laughs> We're sorted. We still have that... Old cricket bat and a saucepan that I got for doing that TV show that I did that I can't remember the name of. <laughs> what was it called? The resort? The renovation? Yeah, the, right. The, the resort? Our, yeah, it was a, what was it like a... a it was some sort of dating Island show type. on a like, yeah. yeah. John Stephen. No. I remember, man, like, I must admit. And he was really, like, the thing about what I hear about John Stevens is he's like, he's... Like, he's a pretty big fan of John Stevens. All right. I like thought you were going to tell me, like, a glass coffee table story. Because <laughs> you paused. You said the thing in here about John Stevens. I'm like, oh, here we go. We've got another fucking... Uh... No, I don't I don't know any of those stories about John Stevens. But I do know that, like, I, I, I got the impression himself. that he took himself reasonably serious. Well, I must admit, in the 90s... That he thought that noise works were a much... He, he can't quite understand. A vastly understand. underrated band. He would have been but... listening to Triple J Countdown, the uh, 100 hottest albums of Australia of all time. And even when they got into the top five, yeah. and there's still like ACDC's Back in Black and Powderfingers, Odyssey number five to come, he still would have been there going, still some room for some Noiseworks. <laughs> Can you name a Noiseworks album? Uh, it would have been something like, Sweat Till You Can't Sweat No More, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Seriously, should we Google what the names of the albums are? Yeah, definitely. Noise works. I can't even like. I remember 
Take me back to you. Oh, what about um, uh, the one? I da na 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 na. Remember that one? No. I can see for miles and miles. <laughs> I just remember them singing that on a hiatus Saturday, and he's wearing like tight leather pants and a big pirate shirt. He was like total Jim Morrison. Oh, he was total uh, modern day pirate. There was a lot of pirate influence. Reach out and touch oh, yeah. somebody. Yeah, reach out. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that like reach a fucking NRMA slogan now or something? <laughs> or no, it's an anti-Nambler slogan. <laughs> yeah, it's like Catholic Church. Yeah. Reach out and touch somebody. <laughs> Noiseworks albums. Yeah. I can't think of one. I'm sure I would have had a couple of singles floating around somewhere and like 100% hits, 89 yeah. or something like that. Oh, totally. I, I think I've seen Noiseworks. <laughs> like I certainly think I've been at something, but that's more an in, that's more a reflection. That's, you know of, that is the most commonly uh, used opening line to any psychologist around Australia. It's like I saw noise works once. <laughs> noise works once. <laughs> Can't stop. Haven't stopped vomiting since. <laughs> I'm doing an outdoor gig at the sale show. I look. I thought they needed a better management too. <laughs> All right, their albums. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh well, you were right. Yeah, I asked you what the first album was called. You said Noiseworks, and you're right. That was their yeah. first album. Yeah. It's called right. Noiseworks. Works. Self-titled. Yeah. The second album was called... Well, yeah, I'm going to make you guess. Okay, great. Give us some clues. Well, give us a... a, a um, is it like an expression? Uh, how uh, how many words? A, it's a physical action. It's a physical like, touch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, their last album. Oh, only three albums. albums. Yeah. You think the disease felt like it was much bigger than that. I thought we had like a total body cancer, not just that. That's like fucking toe cancer or something. It's not only three albums. They did have two greatest hits. Oh, two greatest hits. Two greatest hits albums off three. They, hang on. They had That's a high proportion to album to greatest hits album ratio. They had three albums. They had two greatest hits albums. Yeah. Just get rid of one of the albums. They got two great albums. Why release a third shit one? Alright, take the fucking, go through all three albums, find the fucking 28 best songs and make two good albums. Oh, I do. The greatest hits, the greatest hits and the other shit stuff. The, the greatest hits. <laughs> yeah. Put them all out together. Yeah. That was always the argument about Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. Yeah. There's one really good rock album. album in there, but it's two kind of shitty ones. Yeah. Alright, so the third album. Which came out in 1991, and I actually remember this, the cover of this, so I did have this album, I think, or at least a single. Um, okay, so it is a statement. No, it's a... Oh, fuck, what is it? This is it's a three, there's three words. Okay. Um, all right, I'll have to just... It's a verse, something versus something. Oh, uh, good versus evil. No. Um, more of a, think more of a... Kramer like versus Kramer. Freddie versus Jason versus Ash. No. Um, no, it is an emotion yeah. versus an object or, oh. a, or a concept. <laughs> it's both. It's an emotion versus... Um, Love? Uh, hate. Yeah. No. Love versus? Uh, it's an object and a concept. Um, okay. Yeah. It's- Love. Love versus it's an object? Yeah, and also a concept. And also a you, concept. Yeah, I mean, I'll explain it once you get it. Uh, love versus, love versus... I think about what is, a, a, like, in a cliched 80s American film about a kid who grew up in small town America then moves to, like, Wall Street and starts working, but... Love you know, versus money. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Wall 
Wall Street was probably too good a clue on that one. Love versus having sex with prostitutes in the city. Love, love versus the stock market. Love versus that Charlie Sheen film. Um, yeah, right. So they they had a shitload of singles off three albums. Right. What do you think? Um, yeah, if you had to sum up uh, Noiseworks' career, in the end, who won out of Love v Money? John Zevin's love of himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, singles. No lies. No lies. No lies. We're doing it. That's it. Oh, you know that. <laughs> Take me back. Take me back. Love somebody? No. <laughs> no fucking thundering silence. Welcome to the world. No. Burning feeling. That's no. after oh, that's after the that's the first album, so obviously the groupies. Right, the burning feeling. <laughs> Touch. Reach out they got to number nine in Australia. Yeah, right. They never had a number. <laughs> they got to number nine. They never had a number one hit. I remember them being more successful than some band that got to number nine. No, the highest they ever got was number seven. <laughs> what? Take me back. They didn't even have a number one single. <laughs> Noise works didn't have. No. Indecent obsession had a fucking number one single. Noise. Well, works what's better? Have... What's better though? To have more consistent top fifties or one or a couple. Top fives. Would you prefer a premiership in the AFL or a lot of... Uh, yeah. Well, I'm a Saints supporter, so finals. I'm yeah. noise works. Yeah. <laughs> so are you, dickhead. Hey, what was that having a go at you, Charlie? Um, yeah, they... Uh, okay, was the, there any more songs? The highest... The high, well, you, you'd probably know... Um, oh, I can't believe we've ignored this the whole time. Hot um, woman makes me look oh. at the knees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell a little woman, make me do yeah, what I please. Was <laughs> was this? Like, it's got a she great makes line. Me feel like I'm a hundred degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one line where he goes, I like you done an apple cream on your pie. Your mama <laughs> won't like it. Your daddy won't. I tell a little woman. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that was. I can help. Hot Chili Woman. Are you that was kind of a comeback song. Are you telling it? me that Hot Chili Woman didn't make it above number seven on the Australian charts? That's what I'm telling you. Number seven was that. Must have been a bigger fucking week. New Zealand how got was to number thirty-two. How was there six songs that were better in the world than Hot Chili Woman? That's and then after that was uh, oh no, R.I.P. Millie. That sounds kind of sad. Oh, Don't make fun okay. of that. That might be like that, someone's yeah. niece or something. Well, maybe they're just Millie, big Millie Vanilli fans. <laughs> that was a song written about well, it was their none heartbreak. Not in ninety-one. Yeah, so it was their been. heartbreak that "Blame It on the Rain" was actually mined by those guys. Hot Chili Woman. Fuck, man. Like. I remember that. Yeah. What was that? She was a hot chili woman. But is that in response to like cherry pie? She is my cherry pie. Hot chili woman. Like just, women and food. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's probably the same fucking songwriter producer and that's all he can do is, is compare women to food. She's my cherry pie. She's a hot chili woman. <laughs> that's what all songs are like again at the moment like have you noticed that it's just like like all those Katy Perry songs and stuff like that it's like you just get something and then every line's about that it's like so baby you're a firework yeah and then there's just everything Watch is about your colours burst yeah <laughs> like you fly up uh, in, the, in sky, the sky yeah totally go so high you just come up with anything it's like like you know you're a brick yeah uh, but you... that's, that's just the, I mean that's the black eyed peas thing that um, tonight's going to be a good night it's just yeah. a statement of things we've got some bottles we'll smash them up we'll walk out the door and, cl- and leave the keys out <laughs> that's everything they're just stating what they're doing we walk the street 
We sit on a chair. Like the stuff they're saying. The song no, is essentially that amazing. Some, uh, instruction books. Yeah, exactly. It's IKEA. Take out of packet. <laughs> Insert in here. So um, uh, I guess we should finish up seeing it's our first uh, episode back. But yeah. I wanted to um, I was sent some mail by someone who uh, who you know, hit us up on the you can hit us up on the Facebook page um, and you know write a feedback about the show and. And conversations and stuff. I try to read it, like you know. I read it all the time. Yeah, I read it actually probably more than my own Facebook page. <laughs> I don't like my friends. My friends don't say nice things about me as much as people. Listen yeah. To so you guys definitely um, write on the Facebook page. Um, and if you're downloading the show on iTunes, uh, which some of you do, um, remember to try and rate the show on iTunes because where it is on the iTunes chart. There's some weird formulation whereby it's the amount of people who download your episode, but it's also like it likes as well. Yeah, it's likes oh, really? and, and ratings oh, and like stuff. New and noteworthy probably come under the likes section. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, like, if you like the show, you know, just like you know, write give something us nice about give it. Us, give us our props. Yeah, and if you don't saying. like the show, then why have you listened this far? Mm. And why are you going to the iTunes page to write reviews? Do you think anyone does? Listen You've got to better our things show to do. Just to hate it. I guess so. Because there's certain, like we talked about earlier, the things that yeah. you. Just think of horror. Maybe, maybe all there, of our audience people... is much like you watching that Channel 31 show. It's just horrible. People going, really? You've got to hear these fucking two idiots. I mean, they do this. <laughs> like, it costs them money and they put it out on the internet. Why would they do that? Uh, anyway, right, we so, got mail. Okay, we were talking cool. about um, my mate who sells bull semen for a living. And it's got us on all the topics of like, you know, yeah, it's you, it, people are using it for their hair yeah. and stuff like that. You know, bull semen's like, you know. Um, a really big thing. So I got sent this story from New Zealand. Now I know we have a lot of new listeners in New Zealand, so hello to our New Zealand listeners. I don't uh, take this story as a judgment of New Zealanders. It's just a factual story that sure. I was sent. No judgment. No judgments. From Friday the twenty fourth of June two thousand eleven, uh, former Gisborne, <laughs> I guess Gisborne, Gisborne chef Jason Vari is making a name for himself in Gisborne and Wellington by selling horse semen shots infused with apple. Yeah. Nice. Mm. I mean, because horses like apples. Yeah. So that's a good combination. It's ironic. It's yeah. postmodern. Yeah. Maybe a cube of sugar on the side. <laughs> Some hay. <laughs> hay infused cum shots. Yeah. Uh, these shots are served as an accompaniment to his seared Asian duck and pork spring rolls. Nice. Is this real? Because I saw this article. Yeah. All right. What do you mean? Is it real? I don't know. Don't newspapers make shit up? <laughs> news of the world. That's news of the world. <laughs> this was the scandal <laughs> that brought down the Murdoch Empire. People are like, there is no way people are drinking shots of horse semen, well, apple infused. You, I'm stunned by that. Okay. Aren't you? Okay. You're gonna keep. Is it? Get, I'm gonna keep bringing. Right. I'm gonna well because there's more information, Charlie. <laughs> So like the shots, like they were served as shots. They weren't just by themselves. That'd be weird. Yeah. But if you if you are going to have like a little shot of horse sport, what you want to do is have it on the side of a seared Asian duck and pork spring roll. Delicious. So weird. Delicious. Um, since it was launched, the idea has gone viral. I don't think that means. <laughs> <laughs> since since being launched, the idea has gone STD. Yeah. Um, since it was launched, the idea has gone viral with so many requests for the dish that Mr. Varai has run out and had to double his order. According to who, though? More bullsmoof! <laughs> According to who? This, the whole article reads to have been made... Yeah, but to Sophie Rushworth, who I, has written this in I, the newspaper. I can't believe this is true, this story. It just it reads like one of those, you know, wacky world 
ones that they do in the newspaper. 100 more of the 30 mil shots will arrive over the weekend for 100 more people game enough to try it. Well, I mean, this is all bullshit. Like, how right. do they know? Have it's they all got, bullshit. It's horse spoof. But has she cross-checked this information with, like, you know... I assume, Charlie, that she's been in there and seen people knocking back shots of the bull spoof. It's a hoax. Apple I guarantee this story is a hoax. It's not true. It was in the Who paper. is going to be drinking horse cum? Well, people are just thinking, well, maybe it's good. Maybe it's good. A little What's bit of- that? Is there an email for that journalist? I'm going to email her. <laughs> And gets I want I wanted to verify. We're gonna have a media watch segment on our show. I just want some I just want some like further reading because I don't believe any this this story stinks to high heaven. Well, you know what the thing is, Charlie. Down the bottom of the article, it has like the 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 Gisborne Herald's uh, email info at gisborneherald.co.nz. I would encourage people who listen to this show if you've got a bit of spare time during the week, send an email to info at gisborne. That's G I S B O R N E herald.co.nz and ask for some evidence is that bull spoof apple infused bull spoof shot story true yeah and could you forward their response to some info at tofop.com because i would love to see the answer to that yeah next don't week, want to do the work myself next week we'll give you an update <laughs> okay, no because well, cool. they won't answer one weirdo from australia <laughs> Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if, like, heaps of weirdos from Australia and all over the world request information. Yeah. Like, imagine so, how interesting a week in the office that would be if they yeah. suddenly got a heap of emails <laughs> of people going, what about this apple-infused horse spoof? Where do I get it? What does it taste like? Where's the evidence? You're sincerely Julia Gillard. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, Although yeah. I've got the feeling she's never chugged back semen. I, you know, I'll tell you an interesting fact about Julia Gillard. Yeah. Um, she's on Twitter. Yeah. Now, I assume it's not her. I assume it's people, you know, in her staff. Yeah, it's Tilda Swinton. <laughs> it's Tilda Swinton. Um, Kevin Rudd does some of his own Twitter. And mm. when it's himself, he'll sign it K Rudd. And when it's not himself, it's like the team, the K Rudd team, right? Um, Julia Gillard follows me on Twitter. Oh, right. Yeah. Can, I don't, you, I don't, can, you have access to the top. But here's the best thing I don't follow her. That is what's wrong with our country, <laughs> that The Prime Minister of our country follows me on Twitter. And I don't follow her. Yeah. Can I tell you another thing? Yeah. Barry O'Farrell. I probably, uh, no one important listens to this podcast. <laughs> Barry O'Farrell, um, who's the Premier of New South Wales, the leader of our state, DMs me all the time on Twitter. Wow, really? Like, yeah, just sends me messages. Like what? Just like <laughs> funny stuff. Like women. Come over. <laughs> My wife's left. <laughs> He's a nice guy. We've, I'm joking. We've met at a couple of functions and stuff, and he just like sends me little jokes or like comments on things I tweet. Yeah, it's like sta- if I tweet something, well, he like sends me a DM. It starts with a tweet and ends with a camping trip on a mountaintop <laughs> <laughs> that you and he share every year, and your wives don't think anything's up. But then pretty soon you'll find you can't quit him. Can't you know quit. who tweeted? I can't me quit you, Barry. Two weeks ago, <laughs> who? William Zabka. Is that name familiar to you? No. The bad guy from the Karate Kid. What? I was we just watched the Karate Kid on Foxtel yeah. and I said, what a fucking great film it is. Like, it still gets me every time. Then just after that, I watched Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah. And he has a, a cameo in Hot Tub Time Machine. Do you remember? Have you seen Hot Tub Time Machine? I have, but I can't I think remember it's his massively cameo. underrated. I thought it was really funny, but it's got this cameo. I thought it was appropriately rated. Yeah. <laughs> There's this cameo as like a, you know, a, a, like a, a guy in his 40s now. And I tweeted, how was William Zabka's cameo in Hot Time Machine? And he wrote back and was like, hey, thanks. And then we had this little thing. So hang on, what you're forth. saying is 
that the guy who's only been famous as the bad guy in Karate Kid and a cameo in Hot Tub Time Machine has the time out of his extensively busy <laughs> schedule to get back to people who have the courtesy to retweet his name. Well, I went to his uh, Twitter page to check out his profile yeah. and you know you got your bio written. Yeah. His bio is runner-up in the All Valley High Karate Championship 84. <laughs> That's funny. That's, That's like, funny. Ah, yeah, yeah, but I mean, some of the guys shying away. You know, some actors like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm William. Don't yeah. call me Danny. I'm, this sounds like a uh, Johnny. Yeah. He sounds like one guy would be pretty happy to fucking, you know, if someone yeah. comes and says, hey, Johnny, yeah. sweep the leg. Yeah. I'm sure he never hears that. <laughs> if you rap, though. Hey, He's you, fucking awesome in that film. Do, you, like, have, he do a, you have more Twitter followers than him? That's always. Oh, I doubt it. That's when things are bad. When you, you look up someone that you really love. And you have more Twitter followers than well, they do. No, but I actually feel but like that's because you have like hundreds of thousands only. Yeah, but I feel like sometimes that going onto my Twitter followers and admonishing them <laughs> that like they're following me yeah, when right. they should be following this awesome person that doesn't have as many followers. That's weird, I know, but but yeah. <laughs> Uh, is there more oh, of the bullshit? Okay, stuff? sorry. Yeah, no, I just want to get to the end of it oh. and then we'll finish up. Oh, are you seriously? That sounded like you were going to, hey, stop derailing this. Stop derailing this, this podcast, Charlie. <laughs> With these stories about guys on Twitter who are in Karate Kid movies. People have heard enough about that stuff on podcasts, Charlie. If I hear one more fucking podcast where someone's telling some story about some guy they knew in the Karate Kid movie. <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, Mr. Variety said he had tried it just the once. So this is the chef who's come up with it. He's tried it just the once and likened it to apple custard. In uh, quotes, if you close your eyes. Wow. Yeah. Why? But hang on. Why would closing your eyes? I imagine it would kind of look a bit like apple custard. I guess Why, why is closing your eyes? It's not like it's... Looks horrible. I mean, it looks no. Well, it looked like semen, probably. Yeah, similar. but semen and custard are kind of similar. This is the only paragraph that I really like. Is is more interesting. The men are the most standoffish. Some have hardened up and done it, and a couple of women have joked they might bear children with long faces. It's so a fa- joke article. <laughs> no, that's a quote. Yeah. That's a quote. That's a joke that someone said. Yeah, like, I know. But the whole article is no, a joke. No, it's not. Look. Women are happy to drink the, the horse semen. They're, they're fine. Some of them swish it around in their mouth and spit it. But most of them are swallowing it. Men don't like to. But women have joked that they might have a child with a long face. It's a joke. I want everyone what? who listens to this show, if you can be bothered, yeah. just send an email to yeah. say that address again. I will say it one more time. Info at gisborne, G-I-S-B-O-R-N-E, herald.co.nz. Yeah, and email us a response. Because I'm sure this is bullshit, this entire article. I mean, they're not going to admit to it, though. Are they? It's not like you're going to email and they're going to say, yeah. If they get enough emails, they'll have to. Would they really? And why would yeah. they have to? Uh, mention the news of the world. <laughs> Just like throw in the news, some reference to like media ethics yeah, right. and the news of the world. Because every paper's like, oh shit, yeah, yeah. they're going to come after us next. Everyone is very nervous at the moment. They will have someone out of that bar, like, you know, sipping back horse wolf <laughs> by the end of the week. All right. All right. Well, Great. what do we want as evidence? A photo? It's just like some, some stats. How some photo. A photo would be great. Yeah. But that could be set up as well, Will. I think, yeah, I don't know. Oh, well, I mean, if how, someone how much evidence from Air New Zealand yep. wants to fly you and I to New Zealand yep. to visit this bar, yep. put us up in a hotel in New Zealand, yep. we'll publicise it. We'll make a video about it. Yep. We'll put it online. Yep. Free Good. advertising for you. But we yep. want to get over to New Zealand to see 
if this story is true. Yeah. Or and we don't want to have to pay for it. Or if anyone from the bar in question is listening and wants to maybe vacuum seal. No fucking way. You were just offering. People are going to start. Every crazy motherfucker is just going to be jacking off into a cup and sending it to us. It has to be like, you know. um, Want a letterhead from that bar? I want a certificate of authenticity. (laughs) A photo. A photo of you holding a newspaper with a date on it as you wank. As you wank a bull or a horse. And you have, uh, sorry, a horse. And you have an apple. You have to have an apple. It can't just be you wanking a horse. It has to be you wanking a horse with an apple in the other hand. Then we'll drink it. I'd prefer just to get flown to New Zealand to check it out myself. I was trying to angle for a free holiday. Oh, I understand, Charlie. I'm just saying that don't set your sights too high. Sometimes all you can hope for is that one of our listeners will send us a cup of semen. <laughs> and that seems like a good enough reason to finish this podcast. Um, so uh, you've got all the details send us messages and stuff like that can I also plug quickly a couple of other podcasts um, Justin Hamilton's podcast uh, Can You Take This Photo Please That's which awesome. we have both been on and it's such a good podcast interviews with some really like you know cool people on that yeah he's getting it's, some great people on yeah it's, it's really Tony Martin was on it recently and it's it's, it's just a really excellent podcast and a John cup, Stevens I think is uh, coming up definitely coming up <laughs> <laughs> Well, Justin hasn't even asked him. No, no, he's, he's, he's just knocking at the door. He's available. He's trying to get there. into Justin's place to record it. Um, and a couple of ones that I did when I was in America that I want to mention. Uh, I was back on Walking the Room, our good friends from Walking the Room. Yeah. Um, so listen Giving to, me shit, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> listen to your podcast, and, uh, their podcast. And I was also on a podcast called Never Not Funny, done by a guy called Jimmy Pardo. And it's like one of the best comedy podcasts going around. So if you like, you know, Conan's been on that podcast. So um, I also have some shows if you're in. Um, Dingley next week. I'm at the Dingley uh, International Hotel. And then I have shows coming up in Sydney and um, Perth if you want to check my website for details. Yeah, give me some fucking money. You're getting this shit for free. Yeah. And then come give me some money too. Well, I'll just I'll, I'll bring stuff around. Yeah. Like what? I don't know. I brought beer tonight. Gold bullion. Some food. <laughs> gold bullion. Is that what the only thing you'll accept in this economy is gold bullion? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. See ya. <laughs>